Hello and welcome to the Form of Fitness podcast, a podcast where I, Nathan Shanes, and my co-host Duncan Bryson will be breaking down the world of fitness into bite-sized pieces of information, such as exercise philosophies, routines, and more. We're glad you're along for the journey. We hope you enjoy the show. What is up, guys? And welcome back to the Form of Fitness podcast. I'm joined again by Duncan today, and uh, we are going to be talking about uh, the study that Duncan read up on and found and thought was interesting enough for us to make a whole episode on. Uh, I mean, I, I definitely agree with him just based on reading uh, the short bit of it that I have read. Um, it's by Professor Seafried and his colleagues. Um, it's about the title of it is Cancer as a Metabolic Disease, uh, Implication for Novel Therapeutics. Um, I mean, I'll let you start off with this one. All right. So I think that the purpose of this episode is basically to get this into people's minds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't think that this is something that is just going to be squashed by the algorithms. And Seafried has definitely done his due dil- diligence. He's been on multiple podcasts, especially uh, recently. It seems yeah. like this study, which was first published in 2013, is now starting to get some traction. And basically, Seafried's biggest observation was that cancer is not this genetic disease that everyone, yep. you know, heard of. It's like if you talk to anyone kind of day to day and you're like, what's cancer? Everyone goes genetic. Um, and the biggest reason for that is because it is uh, caused by genetic permutations of the cells. Yeah. Um, but according to Seafried, we haven't figured out or found any specific genome that makes it 100% probable that you will have cancer. Right, yeah. Um, We found secondary causes for cancer. So, like, there's a genome that makes you 75% likely, but unless you find a genome that's 100% likely, the idea that cancer is caused by genetics just isn't true. Right, yeah. Um, There has to be some other factor out there. Mm -hmm. And so Seafried kind of goes into how it might be a metabolic problem. Yeah. Um, And so... There are a couple different um, reasons for this and a couple different um, almost secondary like observations that have been made. So one of them being that if you look at hunter-gatherer civilizations, even like common day hunter-gatherer civilizations, they don't have cancer. Right. Their uh, prevalency rate of cancer is pretty low. And if you go into the rest of the study, it will become very apparent as to why this is probably the case. Um, you can look yeah. at the historic record. It doesn't seem like a lot of people have cancer. Um, however, in history, first off, you didn't have the technology. That's yeah. that's common. Um, I think there's a common misconception that people didn't live long enough to get cancer. Yeah. That, um, but like Nathan and I have this uh, history background in like the – average lifespan is kind of tanked by infant mortality rates. Yeah, I mean, um, that's... And wars. Very evident. Yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, people fighting more frequently is yeah. obviously going to bring your population graph. And I mean, you know, I mean, everyone that's in college especially knows the law of averages. I mean, when you have 10 people score a fucking five, <laughs> five or a zero yeah. on, a, on a test worth 100 points, like, it really doesn't matter if everyone else in the class scores 100. The average is going to be, you know probably somewhere close to 70 depending on how many people there are to score 100 you know it's it's and yeah i mean like that's, that's not to say that a lot of people live to 100 but like i think once you got past the age of 21 your lifespan's looking like 60 65 somewhere around there yeah, which is i mean old enough yeah i mean again like we did expand the 
expected life rate, mm-hmm. you know, given learning about germ theory yep. and modern medicine. And, you know, on top of the fact that people don't die of like normal preventable diseases, like, I mean, I mean, just washing our hands alone has probably expanded our life expectancy more than we really have come to fully appreciate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, it's like, yeah, like if you did live past, like, like if you live past puberty, I mean, like pretty good chance of becoming like an older person. I yeah. mean, not like old, like we would consider someone in their eighties and nineties today. Someone like mm-hmm. that, if you're 80 and 90 back way back when, I mean, you are, you are the elder, you are yeah. the oldest person, like probably by 10 to 15 years sometimes. Yeah. Like frailty yeah. is, becomes a much bigger concern into old age, but like, yeah. As far as we understand, cancer was not a huge factor, yeah. um, especially for like hunter-gatherer civilizations and right. um, groups that did kind of move around a lot. And so, again, kind of more background information for those people who don't know exactly what cancer is. Cancer is kind of this reversion of your cell backwards in time. Mm-hmm. Um, they generally kind of turn into this almost um, primordial uh, cell function and so like they lose their certain abilities like to process ketones which yeah. is a um, protein associated um, nutrient that go- goes yeah. around in your body um, and so that's why th- they're so dangerous is because kind of this reversion makes them not cooperable with the rest of your body right and if it spreads and if it takes up space that's where the problems yeah and that reference to in. primordial function i mean the one thing it's going to get after and this is one thing we know is that cancer cells reproduce mm-hmm. and you know multiply very very quickly and it can be very very dangerous and i mean that's why we have benign and then you know oh god i'm forgetting uh, the word for mid- it uh, metastasized malignant, malignant. malignant. Yep. Um, uh, and so it's one of those things. And again, the, the, the keto thing, ketone thing, we've spoken about keto, yes, ketogenic diets, which really focuses on the use of these ketones and the generation of ketones to make your body burn energy more efficiently and use things in proper, uh, manners so again the cancer thing is that you are generating a bunch of cells that are not going to cooperate and this means if they can't produce ketones they aren't going to properly respond to your food Mm -hmm. which again has to play into this mitochondria powerhouse generation um or you know power generation within the cell on an individual scale uh which is really important especially to what we talk about in fitness but also in what this can mean for um like what we're seeing and Again, like we're coming back around to it of the, the it not being a genetic thing, and this is important, just so that way we can kind of if we can like the issue with us labeling something as genetic is that we almost say like oh we can't do anything yeah. about it. And I mean, like an example of this separate from this is like like dementia. Like dementia is one of those things that is very very genetically based. Like mm-hmm. like if your family is common to have. G- Dementia, it is very common, but we are starting to learn that there are a lot of preventative measures we can take to almost eliminate the ability to even get this. And so, I mean, this could be something in the same. We have to figure out a way to solve something if it's not genetic, Mm -hmm. like other than like some sort of gene splicing or, (laughs) you know, like something like that. Yeah. Um, And so I think we can finally get into kind of what Seafried's study found. And it was basically, now I'm going to preface this with it's not. And Seafried says this too. It's not necessarily a way to prevent cancer, but it is a way to starve and treat cancer. And so the idea is because your cells are reverting back to this more um, 
primordial state that can't process ketones. Well, our body can. Mm-hmm. Um, almost every cell uh, in your body can process ketones just fine. You know, this is why the ketosis diet is viable. Yeah. And so essentially a way that they found to treat cancer was to basically starve it out. Yeah. Um, the cancer cells can only survive off of two different forms of energy, that being glucose and glutamine. Glutamine, And so if you can remove glucose um, basically through ketosis, then hopping onto a glutamine inhibitor will then starve out the cancer. Um, there are a couple different caveats to this, um, one being that Glutamine is a necessary amino acid for your body. Yeah. And so you can't just go willy-nilly on these uh, glutamine inhibitors. This would have to be a doctor prescription. You'd have to cycle on and off. Yeah. You'd basically have to um, go into phases of recovery and then uh, go into phases of attacking these tumors. However, when you compare this to something like chemo, and like I had a grandmother who died of cancer. Like mm-hmm. I saw what chemotherapy did to her. I had an aunt who died of cancer. Again, yep. I saw what chemo did to her. Like glutamine inhibitors would not have as bad of a um like damage yeah. to the body because they wouldn't just destroy all cells the same way chemotherapy does. Right. Um and also it would at least with what um Seafried has seen right now have a much more assured rate of um, success because all you're doing is you are forcing the cancer to kind of eat itself, um, dissolve, and then you allow the body to get rid of it naturally. Right, which it'll do anyway in some regards. Like when you do have cancer, the issue is like your body may be fighting it, and this is why cancer patients tend to show a lot of symptoms of other things because their body is on full force mode trying to fight this, you know, this cancer. And the thing is, is that it can produce faster than you can, your body knows how to naturally fight it. Because another yeah. thing is, is it does have some, you know, like markers that it is your cells, right? Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, when we talk about how the body fights things off, we know that we can fight foreign entirely, yes. foreign cells entirely very well, right? Because it doesn't have markers of it even being part of our body. Mm-hmm. But then when it starts sharing some, you know, it gets through some doors. Like it's kind of like having a, you know, key card access to some areas. Like it's still going to be able to get in is mm-hmm. kind of the situation. And so this way of looking at it is really good and really important. And we're also talking about this in regards to therapy. Like you've yeah. already got cancer. Yeah. What Like we need to also consider what this means for a preventative measure of, you know, not getting cancer or or cancer popping up and it just being eliminated eradicated immediately i mean like you know we're not saying that you know going carnivore is just gonna absolutely eradicate any form or possibility of you getting uh cancer but i mean this is obviously and very clearly that another form of saying hey it's not a great idea to have these high processed sugar Mm -hmm. um diets due to the fact that i mean think about it the it's right here. It primarily focuses on using glucose and glutamine. Mm-hmm. And what what are we eating that is mostly glucose and, yeah. you know, these other things? Sugar, processed sugar, and, you know, glucose is very easy to break down. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you can imagine your car, if you just continually give it gas, it will never stop running mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like, 
until there's something else that stops it, right? And you know, that's part that makes that not a good example, but <laughs> you know, exactly. Like yeah. you're just supplying active gas to this situation. Whereas if it were a different way around, I mean, in a preventative manner, this sounds very good, you know? Yeah. And Seafree in this study did not yeah. find anything that specifically showed that like going on to ketosis is going to prevent cancer. Yeah. Um, the way that cancer starts is kind of its own different yeah. function. And usually like, I can't remember the stat, but usually like an amount of cancerous cells are basically made in our body every day and our body just takes care of it. Yeah. You know, our, our bodies are very good at kind of keeping ourselves from dissolving, you know, well, it's, I mean, yeah. um, kind of like the law of entropy. That's yeah. kind of what we're fighting against here. Um, yeah. Especially when you're talking about longevity, you know, whether it's cancer, whether it's old age, um, basically fragility, like these are things that happen just because the universe right. wants to dissolve and it yeah. wants to go back to very basic states. Mm -hmm. um, however, you know, hopping off of an American diet while you're, um, you know, trying to battle cancer seems to be a necessary and important step, especially if you want to go down this path of possibly dealing with it through a metabolic perspective. Yeah. And I mean, this sounds like, I mean, from my perspective, I mean, I've had family members that have been, through cancer, been on chemo again. It, it is nothing but an active battle the yeah. whole time, and a lot of people do not make it out yeah. of that process. And this sounds a lot more straightforward, a mm -hmm. lot easier, and a lot less like because one. I mean, this is also a psychological thing. Is like when they're at the hospital, that's scary. Yeah, because it means that something's so so bad that they need to be in the care of the professionals at all times. Mm -hmm. Whereas if we can handle it on the home front, that's a lot more intriguing and a lot more um welcomed as a as a solution too because another thing is about this is that this means that everyone can go through the process with you right yeah. if you have a family member that is going through this and we're seeing that this is a good way to solve it everyone can yeah. everyone go can through this diet at the, the same time it's yeah. I, it's team effort now it's not it's not everyone being there actively to support you in your own battle it is you guys working as a team to stay on diet to to you know, keep everything in order for you to have your best chance at this. Yeah, and another important thing to note here is Seafried's study does not, you know, make doctors irrelevant when it comes no. to cancer. Um, Seafried said so himself, and it's even written in the abstract of his study that this type of therapy would still require a physician and might yeah. also require something like a health scientist you know a nutritionist yeah. to also be able to understand and interpret like blood data understand okay. how well you are doing at reducing like blood glucose levels yeah. that are in your body um and also being able to create a effective ketosis um regimen yeah that you can stick to because yeah. that's also important that this study um showing this treatment like this treatment is not as easy as taking a pill. No, it isn't. Um, and so that's something that is important. And it does include taking a pill, and that's yeah. in the form of a glutamine inhibitor. Um, and that was, I think, part of the reason why it's taking, what, uh, 2013, so about 20, uh, 10 years and before this, like, I've heard of it. Yeah. Um, part of that is because, like, glutamine as or glutamine inhibitor as part of prevention for cancer has been looked into. Um and so essentially what happened was at the beginning of trying to figure out a cure for cancer, they tried it and 
again, we've talked about how your body needs glutamine. Yeah. And so these glutamine inhibitors were introduced at such a um, high dose that it just to have some effect. And then they were, you know, toxic. Um, and because people were on an American diet <laughs> when they were testing this and not on something like a keto diet, yeah, it was oftentimes a lot worse than it was helpful. Well, I mean, cause like, yeah, you're getting rid of the glutamine, but I mean, you're forgetting the other half of that <laughs> yeah. equation, you know, um, that glucose yeah, you know, and it's always there really on our diets too. Like we have a lot more blood glucose than we do have like free glutamine going around in our body. Yeah. And so that's kind of one of those things where if you go back to like a fitness pyramid, right? You have nutrition at the base and you have supplementation at the top. Like yeah. you have to understand that the first step right. is trying to reduce that blood glucose. The second step is introducing this glutamine inhibitor right. and cycling in and off of it in order to help try and reduce this tumor without having to resort to something like chemotherapy. Right. And that doesn't mean that chemotherapy doesn't have a place. It no. just means that here's a p another tool that we possibly have that has shown evidence that it does work. And, and I mean, this is crucial to medicine as well as like food science and exercise science as well as like, it's, you've got to be able to test. It's like, yeah, we've got this tool. And I mean, like, I mean, chemo, chemo does work. It gets it yeah. done. But the thing is, is like, what other tools can we come up for a little bit more specific cases? Mm -hmm. You know, like if we're going to keep chemo around, like maybe the issue is that it's not good for patients that don't have it so bad. Yeah. So we need something for people that have a little bit more of a benign situation or some situation that's just starting to arise. Like we don't need to pull out the nukes for a one-man army. Yeah. You know, it's it's something where we do need to probably come up with stages of tools mm -hmm. that we should use given the situation. You know, you there's a reason you don't use an impact wrench for screws on electronics. You know, yeah. you're going to bore through something that doesn't doesn't need to be bored through. Like it's it's overkill for the situation. We if we can come up with simple processes, we can avoid you know potential harm from using something that's maybe too potent for the situation. Yeah. And like we already kind of have this approach because like for something like melanoma, um, yeah. my, my mother actually had melanoma. Um, that's just a skin cancer. Usually the response to that is you surgically remove the cancer. It's on yeah. top of the skin. Your skin heals pretty well. Um, now you can't remove like a lung cancer all the time. Usually you have to try and reduce it just because your lungs are kind of so you go necessary in there and scoop that breathe. thing out. You <laughs> like, know, it's a, like you need that. <laughs> don't forget that thing does have to inflate and with a hole in it. You know, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't, doesn't really work too well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I don't think that this study is going to create or it should not create a call to arms of like screw the doctor. No. Um, like, I, mean, I, I know of people yeah. who kind of have that approach. I know of situations where um, individuals have chosen to go with a all-natural approach to curing cancer. I don't think that that's what this is. Um, no. I don't think that's what Seafried would recommend or has recommended in his studies or in the podcast he's been on. Um, and I just think that this is something important for people to know about and even to just ask their doctor. Ask yeah. their healthcare physician. Like if you are um, going through cancer or know someone who is struggling with cancer, like this is something that you should be able to have a honest conversation with your doctor about. And even if it's not, you know, going into the glutamine inhibitors, just trying ketosis. Like 
again, talk to your doctor first, but it doesn't seem like this is something that at its worst is negative for a cancer patient. No. Um, and no. like, I think Seafree talked about his dog that had a huge tumor and he put his dog on a ketogenic diet and the tumor basically ate itself yeah. um, over the course of a year. And like, there's personal testimony right now. Um, there's this study that shows a decent amount of evidence, but we haven't really hit clinical trials with any of this right. um, at Mass Effect. And it's going to take some time, but I think that's pretty promising. And I think that that's why um, it was important that I thought we'd share this today. Yeah, I think it's it's really crucial. And uh, one thing about studies like this is obviously that time frame that it takes to work mm -hmm. is the time frame that it's also going to take to study in mass. Like it's going to yeah. take longer given that it takes longer. It's not the Lysol approach yeah. to the germ situation. You know, it's not an instant and then we take a reading. Um, so we can't, and, and that's the thing about things that take a year, two years and whatnot for the process to occur mm -hmm. is that to study something in mass like that. And another thing is like the volume of tests, like you learn little things throughout the test so you can tweak little, little numbers here and there. And that's very crucial and very important. And so we just want this on your radar. I yeah. mean, cause this is, I mean, it's a 10 year old study, but I mean, there might be a case that they're using this on that has taken since then. Yeah. Like they came out with the study and then someone went into clinical for it and they're like, oh, it's going down, down by measurable amounts of someone yeah. that they might have thought was inescapable, like unhelpable, yeah. right? So that test might still be going on. There's a lot of yeah. factors here because, again, how things work is that the longer, the farther away you get from the origin or start of the study, the more you're going to learn over time. This always happens. It doesn't matter what the study is. You are going to learn more as that gets applied and implemented more, and you learn more about the variables that affect it. Yeah, and also another key thing to note is Seafried is showing up on podcasts now. Yeah. Um, he showed up on Max Lugavere. He showed up on another one that I can't remember off the top of my head. Like if he showed up on Joe Rogan, like yeah. there's a reason why it's called the Joe Rogan effect. Like, And that's something that I think that doctors need to be more comfortable with is showing up on podcasts to talk about key research yeah. um, that they have conducted and found very promising um, evidence and results about because again they should be very like uh, upfront about talk to your health physician healthcare physician yeah. first but that would at least allow for more and more people to talk to their doctor, experiment around, especially when you have something that's very terminal that's like, I got to fix this somehow. And the only downside of this not working is maybe I lose more time. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like... You ain't got much option really in this situation. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the issue, but it's also one of the things that makes this study turn key to and very important mm -hmm. is that it does deal with something so crucial and vital and something that's actually becoming worse yeah. as we're seeing um, as cancer. I mean, like, I feel like everyone gets cancer now. Like, yeah. you know, it's like when we, I feel like when we were kids, it was like yeah. such and so, but like everyone, like yeah. it, it feels like everyone's getting it. So it's one of those things that's yeah. like, we do need to figure out more about it. So it's yeah. really crucial. And it's um, one of those things that I think that as a society, we are very prone to kind of write off that, oh, it's because we didn't communicate as much and because science was bad. Yeah. You know? Um, and I think that that kind of Occam's razor approach to it was poor communication and science wasn't great can sometimes do a disservice and kind of halt 
progress because we can't look back at something and say, right. was that the case? Yeah, and another thing it does is that it always gives us the upper hand. Oh, we communicate now and science is better. So like our answer is like, right. Yeah. It's like, or it can be found only using today's technology. Well, another thing, it's like, guys, we really do need to always have the scientific idea in mind that everything that we know is 100% authentically disprovable. <laughs> yeah. And we could wake up tomorrow and them say, oh, yeah, we found out this gravity thing doesn't work the same way we think it does. <laughs> yeah. You know, it turns out that it's an, like, there's some external force that is pressuring us downward from outside as opposed to pulling us in from beneath mm -hmm. it's we can find out stuff like this yeah. and so we need to have this open mind and have this open dialogue about different levels mm -hmm. of it. and that's one thing i really do love about podcasting become more common especially in the video podcasting sense is because a lot of people are becoming aware and being engaged with you know the the joe rogan podcast where they have a scientist on it and people are actually listening to this this is something that is in my personal opinion, I'm seeing a lot more people doing as opposed to just watching TV. Mm -hmm. So this is one thing that I, I, I'm glad about and it means that we can talk more about studies like this and people be in the loop. And mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's great. And I, yeah. um, another thing I do want to just go ahead and throw out is that if you guys are interested in the study and have not found it while we're talking about it, we're going to drop the link in the Spotify description. Yeah below um so you can guys give it a little give it a little bit of a further read it's got the disclaimer on there and you can also read more about each of the uh colleagues as well as seafried yeah um which is i mean it's very important to also understand these people's background to yeah. qualify their their study so yeah um yeah. and i just kind of want to leave this off on saying that like you don't have to be a doctor to read a study yeah you know the nih posts a lot of good stuff the cdc posts a mm -hmm. lot of good stuff um the fda <laughs> posts some good stuff <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it's always good to read things and always good to see where the methodologies are where right i you know and you don't have to it's like we learned this in history class you don't have to get down in the weeds about the methodology read the abstract read the conclusion read the introduction yep if you have questions go into the methodology yep you know but again you don't need a degree to learn about this stuff mm -hmm. and being able to ask a doctor or a healthcare uh, professional questions mm -hmm. about you know different things maybe it's important that you do maybe it's not that they know about this and they think it's a bad option maybe they need to go back and look at their textbook that they had from college when they graduated or health yeah. In school when they graduated and go, oh, yeah, I forgot about this thing yeah. that's been around forever. Yeah. And oftentimes also just asking something like this, because a lot of times when it's like diet related, doctors don't go that route just because they know if you're not committed, you're not going to follow it. Yeah. You know? I mean, that, I mean, um, but God, just yeah, asking yeah. that can show your interest in wanting to yeah. be better or in wanting to fight something in this way yeah and another thing about uh, uh, just to add on to the the study thing and reading the studies is that you can also go and look at who who's the author mm -hmm. so that way you can understand the bias which i mean we know from both a historical and a science perspective is out of this world important to the way the information is <laughs> yeah. being conveyed i mean like a situation could be radically different than what is presented to you given the author, you know? And so this is something we learn more and more about all the time. Um, 
And yeah, I hope you guys have enjoyed listening to this. I think uh, this is a little bit of a different approach from what we do. I think this is going to be something we do a little bit more frequently in the future. Especially in the summer. Yes, especially over the the summer. Yes, (laughs) have a little bit more time to actually get get down in the weeds and read a little bit more about these studies. But uh, yeah, and with that being said, uh, we hope to see you guys on the podcast next week. See you guys. See you.